Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 112, all about objectives in teaching and also a little bit in life as well. So we might be getting a little deep and philosophical today. At least I hope Jared's going to bring some some depth and some, I don't even know what the right word is for that right there. But yeah. So anyways, we're looking forward to talking about objectives today. Uh how you can use them in teaching and also ways you can use them in, in your life. So we hope this will be a helpful episode for everybody. Without further ado, my band bringing that depth. My buddy Jared, what's going on, Jared? Hello. Uh, great introduction. I agree with everything except for the word objectives. This is not a team meeting for the uh, <laughs> middle management group at uh, Wells Fargo. But um, we'll get to that later. I, I know that, but yeah, I'm excited nonetheless. Before we start, I have a quick disclaimer. Uh, Chad regret, regret, regretted to inform me before we started this podcast that I am no longer welcome at the uh, Chad household. That's right. Kicked out. We had fun, but uh, it was he had enough after uh, four episodes, however many episodes that was. And you know, right. listen, I understand. You know, I get it, but it is hard to hear. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But, hey, listen, I'm still a professional. He's still a professional. He said he, he wants to continue doing the podcast. He's like, just, just you know, some Keep distance, your space. please. Yeah, exactly. Some distance. But, you know, that's fine. Now let's move on. Spread a little love. Follow us. Untranslatable podcast. Follow us. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, Instagram. Follow us. Untranslatable1 on Twitter. Uh, email us. Untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Slide into those DMs. Pleasure. Give us some uh, podcast recommendations on uh, topic recommendations or new podcasts. Sure, why not? I don't. I have plenty of time. Um, give us some untranslatables, idioms, which are idioms, sayings, proverbs, maybe an axiom if you're feeling spicy. Actually, spicy know, has a funny translation usually of some sort or a weird translation into English, but it you know means something when your family says it to you or you heard it at a camp somewhere. Uh, or, of course, spread a little love <laughs> with those five-star reviews, because that's what we're here for, is for your accolades and for your love. So, uh, spread a little love. But yeah, that's, um, that's Jared's overload of, uh, of stuff for today. There we go. Well, Jared, I want to tell you, I stumbled across something kind of interesting today. Mm. I thought I'd ask you about it. I wanted to get okay. your opinion. I came across this article on uh, a website called The Broke Backpacker. Oh, Broke Backpacker, okay. And the, that's right. Uh, and the title is Nine Ways Travel Will Make You a Better Person. Mm. And without me reading the list, I want you to give me the Jared's <laughs> number oh. nine. Nine's a lot, first of all. Ways, I do not care. Number nine ways uh, travel will make you a better person because I'm sure you can think of nine good ones. Uh... It'll improve your language skills. Okay, there's one. It'll improve your uh, inter interpersonal skills. Okay, two. Uh, you'll get exposed to delicious foods. Yeah, if you're adventure en adventurous enough to eat them, yeah, definitely. You have the uh, uh, ability to. You'll um, uh, get to see, uh, you know, cool sights. Okay. Uh, you'll learn. You'll learn a lot about history. Okay. You're five. Um, uh, you'll get lost. 
It's like a good or a bad thing, Jared. What it do you think? Sounds like a tattoo that some someone <laughs> gets. Get lost. Back, backpacking in Europe um, during the on. gap year. So we got hold six. On, hold on. Nah, get lost is stupid, but this is hard, oh. especially just off the top of my head. Um, nine, re- nine, nine things that travel will make you a better person. Will make you a better person. Um, you'll be better learn how to better manage difficult situations. Okay, so, so like seven. stressful situations. Let's say sure. It's very tra- uh, stressful traveling with me, isn't it, Jared? Uh, you'll get to experience. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You betcha. You'll get to experience um, uh, new. Um, I guess I, did I already say new people? Meet new people? No. No. Or slash make new friends. Yeah. And okay. um. And uh, I'm sure there's an obvious obvious ones I'm missing. Okay, I think those are pretty good, though. Okay, let me see. Let me see if I can recap them all. Wow, so language skills. That's even more impressive. <laughs> language skills, interpersonal skills. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, new foods. Uh huh. Sightseeing. Uh huh. It's four. You betcha. Oh, what was five? Um, sightseeing. Get to meet new people. That was like six or seven, but we'll count it as five. Meet new people. Um, slash make new friends get lost uh-huh. you didn't count it but i'll count it okay um I, now i'm starting to forget okay we should have written these down i mean That's luckily everyone keep listening notes. to this can uh will remember it because That's they can true. just hit that 15 second backwards oh um, man what are, we had that luxury jared what is this uh <laughs> hit that sick 15 second backwards on life what right. uh, does the list say the list says well here i haven't actually read it in a few days so let me give you mine okay and then we'll read the list so well, that's not fair now you just can use most of mine i'm gonna try not to use yours okay i'm gonna try really hard not to use yours some of them are valid though to, all to of them are reused. valid they're great they're great well, but i'm gonna try to think of nine <laughs> other ways it. travel will make you a better person <laughs> okay number one take you out of your comfort zone uh-huh. number one traveling always does that um number two let's see here uh Travel will make you a better person because you are... I would say traveling tends to make people more adventurous. Yeah. Is, is that a separate Less fearful. one? Does that, yeah. I would say it also usually will... Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to not use yours. I'm trying to... You know, all the ones you said were really good ones. Let's see here. Oh, well, here, this one's kind of a, a slightly uh, a different take on yours is you could maybe... Uh, diversify your taste buds and your palate. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's, a different way of saying it. This is like yeah. a fancier yeah. way of saying yeah. what I said. Yeah, I know. That's not fair. Okay, fine. <laughs> then, all right. I can't think of any more. This is too tough. Uh, I give uh, up. So let's see here. So number one. later. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, so number one, increased confidence. Would you agree with this, Jared? I've never traveled alone. But I do have a I do have a higher confidence in my ability to travel. Period. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. And I look forward. And, and and every time I do another, like every time I do, I go a little further. It makes me want to do something. You know, go a little further every time. Yeah. So I'd say for yes. sure. So even if it's not making yourself. more friends, it's just like location choices. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. We might be doing that in a couple months, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> So another one, number two, is new friends. Slipping on gator piss. I feel like this is the Don Strite uh, ultimate best thing about travel is making new friends. 
Yeah, listen to his new podcast. It's the art of picking up uh, friends and ladies. There, <laughs> there you go. It's one of those Ooh. original uh, millennial white dude pickup artist. Uh, that's that's right. not even a millennial thing. Anyway, <laughs> I regret number, everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> no, number three, falling in love. Now, you got to open your mind to this one a bit, Jared. This doesn't mean falling in love with maybe a lady mm-hmm. or whoever you choose to fall in love with, but falling in love with the food, the sights, the museums, the people, mm. the language. That's the beautiful. list goes on. Yes. Would you agree? Mama hoo hoo. Okay. Okay. Number four. I Volun- get what they're saying. Yeah. I, I get what they're saying. I mean, you could you could theoretically find. I mean, not theoretically. It's very possible you find a place that you're like, oh, uh, this is my city. And yeah. All right. Vienna all right, wasn't your city. It is my city. That's why I said. I, that's what made okay. me think I should re- t- take that back. I see. Okay. Number four. Volunteering opportunities. Yeah, I guess if that's what the yeah most people yeah. don't go on a trip for that unless it's like a mission trip or something. But right. I don't have a problem with mission trips. Right, just keep number the Jesus f- in the van. That's true. That is true. Number five, Make they the say house Jesus the- in the van. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new. Uh, I would put that on my business cards. There you go. Uh, number five is Check new out my skills. New show. Uh, d- yeah, that's. A, I should have thought about that. Obviously. I mean, even this may sound stupid. But even just riding, getting around with the public transportation the first time you're there, you know? Yeah. Once yeah. you get the hang of it, life gets real easy in whatever city you're visiting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, th- that, that was actually the first time I probably, you, you, like, did, um, like, I used my phone, well, outside of the U.S., I guess. No, Maps I'd off? This, no, I'd probably say, no, I'd take, I, even in general, I think this was, this was the first time, like, I used my cell phone google maps for uh subway information mm-hmm. it's surprisingly right. easy to follow but it still can't tell you which tunnel to go down uh to get get to the right direction and if you've if, if you've traveled long enough you will make that mistake oh for sure you listen to me and you hear me right now yeah. we, did right, we did that in berlin we did that in berlin we we had a nice little trip to the outskirts of berlin yeah it's like uh, wow number six way less stuff than i remember on our trip in <laughs> right <laughs> Number number six, I agree one hundred percent with this. You appreciate the little things. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yep. think that's one of the first things you really start to notice, outside of just like the gl- glitz and glamour of new scenery, mm-hmm. is once you start settling in, is what you don't have or how you have to ad- ad- uh, adapt. For sure, I could not agree more. I mean, every time I've been abroad, you just miss certain little things either about your home country. Or when you come back, you know, there are mm-hmm. already some little things I miss about the Czech Republic. Um, so, yeah. Number seven, increased awareness. I would agree with this, uh, you know, because I mean, you are going and meeting with people of different backgrounds, different political views, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Yep. All right. I'm with you. Wait, wait. That was Did my a speaker. bird just fall on your table? Oh, okay. No, that was my speaker. <laughs> number eight, self-development. Traveling develops you as a person. Mm-hmm. I would agree with this. Yeah, sure, of course. It's a little cliche, but it's, it's true. I mean, they're not saying they're just saying reasons why. They're not saying. I mean, that's a very valid one. It's cliche because it's true. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and number nine is improved. They, no, Sorry. go ahead. I just, just shit on them some more. Just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> number number nine is improved job prospects. Now, depending oh, on the yeah. 
the career field, I would say that usually now, if you just say, Oh yeah, I well, went to Jamaica for a weekend. That's true. That's I'm different. thinking about someone that I'm thinking about it from my Worked perspective. Abroad. But most of my experience comes from living in Germany uh, and, and not even anything I did there other than the fact that I now know German well enough to say I'm at least conversational in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't really get that from traveling. I mean, you get no. better at languages, but not a, you know, you're never going to get better at, at like as good good enough to put it on your resume unless you keep it up after because you you are motivated to learn it because of your trip. I've got a couple languages on my resume. Not because of travel, though. No, no, that's true. Right, more study, but yeah, like yeah. you're not going to put what's a country you've been to that you don't know the language to at all. You don't. That's not how you travel. That's true. You stay domestic, whatever country you're in, and just like go to, to town on the, those places. I do. Yeah, it's a good way to get to know the place you're in. Do you put French on your resume? No, no, okay. no, no. Well, you've been to France, so there's a good example. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you've been there more than once? Once. How long? A week. Yeah, that's long enough to put it on your resume. Is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> this is an ex-girlfriend in Paris. Okay. <laughs> Baguette croissant. Yeah, I cannot speak French. Not at all. You whatsoever. got two words right there. What? Uh, what? Else, what? What? what how, uh, give me another one. I guess say what number. That, that was. That was all matter. nine. That was oh, all. Of them. All right. Um, I got. It was an interesting list, and I would agree with it. You know, and and if any of our listeners are curious about travel and they want some places to go, they can tune into our travel tips episodes. That's and very find true. A lot of great tips mm-hmm. to travel, and hopefully, be able to experience one or many of these nine ways travel will make you a better person i'm going to quiz you where did we just go on our travel tip series ann arbor my good sir oh very good Parada. it's not whether or not you remembered the last episode we recorded it was more or rather do you remember the schedule you know yep. i want to see how good you were but he got it so hey. Parada. I did. so um i moved into this new uh, home i'm making this house my home couple observations okay. one um these movers that came here were it, it took about two and a half hours to bring everything in it took mm-hmm. like nine plus hours to take it out which i guess makes sense they actually had to yeah. pack stuff now they're mm-hmm. just throwing boxes um i didn't realize i i thought part of the perks of a full service moving company is that i didn't have to actively be working Mm-hmm. But like they, I mean, I understand maybe pointing them into rooms and stuff. But I had to sit there. They had like a count of every box and piece of furniture. So I was at the little thing, keeping track, marking off the numbers, ticking them off the list, eh? Yeah. And so as soon as they finished, and so I was told by my coworkers before I got went home, tell like they're gonna try to get out of doing stuff. Don't be ashamed to ask them to do stuff because your company pays for it and they pay for all day and um all day they're, baby they're, they're gonna try to get out of packing stuff as unpacking stuff as quickly as possible of course so as soon as all the boxes were out uh they couldn't put the bed together and i was like and they're like yeah we can't figure it out we don't know and i'm like <laughs> okay um and they just like it, it seemed like they just quit on trying and they were just we were just all sitting around there just like looking at it they tried it they tried <laughs> it like, like a two good three four times minutes. and they were done with it <laughs> no one was doing anything like look it doesn't line up and i was like that's it that's your attempt um and um so i was like fine they're like you got to call the company that schedules us and they'll send out someone that can work on it and they're like and then after that the guy's like i'm sure you don't want us to uh unpack all these boxes and in my head i was like i was told this was gonna happen yep 
And me being uh, a coward, I was like, well, I at least want you to like put together all the furniture. But no, you do not have to unpack the boxes. And in my head, no, I was like, you goddamn coward. Why did coward. you do that? Um, That's so anyway, I, you got to answer the question with the question, my man. You got to say... Aren't you getting paid to take these That's out a, of Yeah, but the you never boxes? want to bring up the pay like that. That's very uncouth, Chad. Okay. Well, I'm just an uncouth way, gentleman, but what... Speaking of uncouth, they started the day by... Uh, the leader that I found out later was actually the leader of the crew, because one of the guys mm-hmm. kept calling him boss, was <laughs> I opened the door when they knocked on my door at 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. and, the, and I was like, uh, morning, and they're like, man... And the guy started by going, man, I'm, we're all tired. <laughs> It's a good way to start and the, the other guy's right like, he's tired. He's like, I'm fine. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is how you show up to the start a day at work to your like customer. I was like, man, I'm strong tired. start. I was like, well, I'm not gonna tell you. Hey, the air just, mattress just is in the other room. It, take a nap. Right. Start in like two hours. Let's get this going. We're in no rush, baby. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay. Um, and so there was like the company did hire someone. Like call someone, not hire. Call someone to like that was like the assembler and literally him and t- there were three people that were on, on, like moving the place and two people that came to put this bed together and it took like um 10 minutes and i was yeah, like I, oh, I okay um i was like i don't realize you guys literally didn't want to do anything they actually kind of convinced me i was like oh I, I like i don't think these guys are gonna be able to do it but they could do it obviously but other than that it was fine you know what's a, weird though and even though it's nice to have furniture and i slept in an actual bed not a deflated air mattress mm-hmm. <laughs> i have furniture and it feels great to sleep in a real bed i have a table to eat dinner at but the kitchen and a lot of the stuff to me is still kind of foreign like you're still in a foreign place because you have to pull mm-hmm. open like even though you just or i just put it in the drawers i still have to pull open like four drawers bro, yeah, before find i can find a spoon for. and i was yeah. like i did this yesterday right <laughs> this is my home uh but it's still fun that's part of the mystery that's part of the enjoyment of new homes and new beginnings everyone oh definitely uh, for sure for sure so, well, buddy, uh, do you yeah. think it's time that we spread a little love i definitely do i'm in a good mood nice uh, can you start i have one but could you please start i can my first shout out goes out to uh my cousin or uh, well he's family it's kind of complicated but he has a new okay. ice cream place in Dexter called Naughty Boy's Ice Cream, and it is the bomb. All right, Naughty Boy. It is the bomb. So it was good to see you, Corey. Saw him the other day. and uh, Does he have a motto for this place? I don't know if he does. That's a good question. I was What's in there called again? Naughty Boy? Time. Naughty Boy's Ice Cream. And, you dude, know, the ice you. cream, the way it's set up is it's like this, it's like this flat area that's super cold and you pour the cream and the ingredients on this and then you roll the ice cream with like a scraper it's awesome i don't want to well i'm not going to say another company's name while you're giving props to your but it's like on a uh a cold on on a chilled piece of um metal yeah and then they scrape it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but Um, oh man it is good naughty boys ice cream check it out dexter michigan it's on dexter ann arbor road it is absolutely fantastic rolled oh sorry i cut you off Oh, and then it comes in like a roll. I didn't realize yeah. it actually stayed in a roll. Oh, yeah. And this get is the very whipped cream fancy and, these Get days. the whipped cream and the caramel, and you will not be disappointed. Um, all right, so that all was right. my first shout-out. Looks right, good, so doesn't it, Jared? It does look good, and I'm getting distracted by the ice cream, but then also about, um, about the... 
we our story we never imagined a trip that started out as an exotic honeymoon to thailand would co- oh, see even more apropos of this podcast, there we go. would completely change our world we were just talking about this <laughs> did you know that that connection was there when you did this i didn't oh you should have said yes i didn't think you did but yes. as i was asking i was like i kind of hope he just says yes yes just <laughs> I edit know out jared just edit, this is perfect. edit everything out yes. all, they opened a company because of traveling uh thailand would completely change our world Walking along the beaches of Phuket, we stumbled upon a street cart rolling up, uh, what we rolling up what we discovered to be the simplest, freshest ice cream we had ever had. After a few return visits to the street cart and a thirty-hour transatlantic plane ride, we were convinced that we needed to bring this innovative Thai-inspired treat back home with us. While on our trip, we were lucky enough to be able to spend a day at the Elephant Jungle Sanctuary in Phuket, an initiative by locals to help preserve and protect the native Asian elephant population. Blah, blah, blah. There's a long story. And there's pictures of elephants. People, the ladies love the elephants. So uh, check that out. And they don't have any sort of fun, like, naughty dog. If you're feeling feisty, cool down with some naughty dog. <laughs> Not that I know of, no. But hit us up. Like, that was great. I'm going to actually cut that and tag them on Instagram. Oh, God. Here we go. And be like, hey, if you're looking for it, it's only $10,000 for every time I say it. That's because you're a naughty dog, Jared. That's why. Woof, woof, baby. Okay. <laughs> uh, shout out to another one of my naughty dogs. Um, and of course, right before I was about to talk about it, I closed the article, but because I'm a skilled professional, I forgot to have it linked. I literally just had this open. All right. Let me just read the, uh, read the title. Then we'll get to where it's at. I can do this. I'm a professional. I work in radio professionally outside of this too. So, uh, first let's start with the title of the story. Woman pushes anti-gay priest off stage in front of 50,000 worshipers. Oh, I saw that. Did you hear about this? I saw that. That was wild. This is crazy. So that's exactly what happened. Do you know where it was at? Uh, And if you don't, uh, at least take a guess. Mm -mm. Texas? No, it was not in America. I have no idea. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. It was not in the United States of America. Mexico? No, it was in Brazil. Brazil, okay. Um, so she just I, like tackled him off the stage. Yeah, it was a powerful move, mm-hmm. and it seemed to work. <laughs> and uh, I kind of respect it. Really? You know, I uh, I do. Yeah. One, um, it's kind it's kind of like it's kind of like the whole punch a Nazi thing. Okay. I'm not telling you to punch a Nazi. But a Nazi, especially a Nazi that happens to actively be spewing some Nazi stuff, I'm not going to get mad if I find out he gets punched. I'm not going to tell you, don't do that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you that you're a terrible person, but I'm also not going to recommend you do it. And I'm also not going to... So that's kind of the same thing with this. This guy is uh, spewing anti-gay stuff at a church, and I'm not going to recommend that, hey, the best thing to do in those situations... Uh, are to get up and push an old man off of a uh, off of a stage. <laughs> However, I'm not going to scold you after the fact if I see you at a barbecue. Do you, what do I will you know, say, do you know it was the priest? All right, because he he went flying. Man. I'm just kidding. He uh, went flying. 
Um, all right. Um, during a mass service in Sao Paulo, Brazil, Brazil, on Saturday, fourteenth of July afternoon, one of the country's most famous priests, Father Marcelo Rossi, was shoved off stage by a woman who ran past security and onto the stage with him. So security, this guy's a big deal. The shocking. I mean, if you were at a concert, by the way, this would never happen. Right. Just shout out to your uh, security because uh, <laughs> clearly they don't. <laughs> they're not believers. The shocking moment happened in front of an estimated crowd. Do you know how big this crowd was? Oh, it looked big. I don't know, probably 10,000? 50,000 people. And was also broadcast on television. It was crazy to see the reactions. Sorry to cut you off, buddy. It was crazy to see the reactions of the people Like after she shoved him. But the crazy thing is everybody just stood there. Like only a couple people he'd already fallen. If you're in the back, what are you supposed to do? Jog up and push people out of the way to make sure he's okay? Power walk. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be there in a second. (laughs) Hold on. This is a big church, and there are a lot of people crowding you. Right. Excuse me. No, 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 no. I'm the best. According to various Brazilian uh, news outlets, the unnamed woman is thirty-two year old and is a thirty-two year old and had traveled from Rio de Janeiro with her three-year-old child to attend the event and set a good example. It's unclear why she pushed Rossi, but Brazilian newspapers uh, newspaper Odia uh, has reported she said that she was that she wanted to come to in to talk to him and that she was scared the moment she saw the security guards running after her. Okay, interesting. Okay. okay. I feel like All right. I would have respected her more if she just admitted to it. Be I like, was just yeah, that's that, right. I pushed them. <laughs> right. That went downhill. Many freguista. Quicker than I thought it would. My Wait, shout out. So that's that's how she's trying to uh, play it off. I was, I was um, trying to talk to him, and you know, I just accidentally pushed him right off oops. the stage. <laughs> but the reason I brought this up, I do oops. respect it still in the sense I'm going to believe that she did it out of uh, retaliation. And once she heard how much trouble she can get into, she backed off. I'm sure. I always kind of, I still go to a church with my family whenever I go back home, and I always kind of hope that they say some uh, out of pocket things, mm-hmm. not so I can run up and uh, push them off stage, just so I could You've like. You've just been I, waiting for that moment, haven't you, Jared? Not to push him off stage, but I kind of have been waiting for that moment for him to like talk about like uh, you know gay marriage or like uh, you know like a woman's place in the household. Even though I don't, they don't really talk about that in that church. But the gay stuff I can imagine, and just be like, uh, and just so I could like do my silent protest and walk out. I'll be waiting outside by Grandma's two thousand and one Lexus. <laughs> you should heckle him. <laughs> yeah, I'll be heckle like, him. Boo. Or if he starts talking about gay marriage, just be like, it's okay. It can be Adam and Steve, too. <laughs> when I was, yeah, uh, maybe I, maybe I'll do that next time. But it hasn't happened yet. I mean, he's, he's he, I mean, it's not like I've been uh, overwhelmed with uh, this is amazingness, but he hasn't said anything that's maybe been like, wow. Right. You call yourself a man of God? Okay. That's yeah. That's a good question, Jared. I'll have my lawyers talk to your lawyers. Asking the big question. Uh, Now, my next shout out is a clever marketing ploy by uh, shoot. I need to find his name. Um, Eleven-year-old Seth, who has been standing outside his parents' house with an ice cold beer sign, but the clever little guy, of course, wrote "root" really small above the word "beer." It's hard to see, but the police have actually been to this sign now three times. They have been called um, because is this you know, a black kid. 
No, he's a white kid. Seth. Okay. If it was a black kid, he would. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, people are so... First of all, mind your own business. Second of all, what if he was selling beer? Who cares? Third of all, is you have this to be is really... 18. Some states, I think, even 20 or 21 to sell beer, Jared. He's 11. A couple years short. And even if even if uh, he... Like, call the cops? Really? Yeah. God, get out of here. Yep. I hate that. But then, of course, the police officers thought it was quite ingenious. Oh, I'm I think sure it's hilarious. Do. Once the again. Sign. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> he's trying to spread some love, and Jerry's just shitting on it for good reason. Spread so it is love. what it is. Uh, so, Jared, I think you know what time I mean, it there's is, this, we, we've joked about those stories so many times about, like, that That's was true. one of those nickname ladies, because right. the girl was selling water, by the way. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> trash. Um... Is that all you got? That yep. was uh, the yep. most negative by me. That was on me. Love spreading uh, ever. That's all right, Jared. I oh, think it's time your to do the ice cream. For sure. For sure. It's fantastic. Naughty Boys, check it out. It was fantastic. Dexter and Arbor Road. So let's get into it. That's right, Jared. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'll start then if we're getting into it. All right. Fine. You convinced me. <laughs> let's start with some Greek. Sukanei tin soe patini. That literally means something. Oh, uh, a horse fence post. Or the, usually the full thing would be something turns into a horse fence post. Like that turned into a real horse fence post. So, like when something's a dud? Uh, no. Can you give me an example? My example to you would be the complete opposite of what you just said. Oh, so it's something that's great. No, let's put it this way. Um, the movie, uh, the movie, The Hangover, would be considered something that got that started off as a um, that it was a real horse fence post. It turned into a horse fence post. Let's put it that way. Like a a big hit. If the movie The Hangover were real life. Okay. And you, you and I and our friends were the characters. It would turn into a horse, a real horse fence, horse fence post. <laughs> mm. I fully changed that. Yep. Um, hmm. To get out of hand, Chad. Uh-huh. Okay. Something gets out of hand. Okay. I'm trying my hardest to not fully give it away anymore, you know? Because I was right. going to say, you know, we go to a party, someone orders prostitutes, and um that that did get cocaine and it turns into a real fence post right okay are you done with the check ones for now at least i am or at least done making it like a thing yep yep no check ones today but i do have have, i might have to eventually uh, eventually update the uh sound parada yep i guess so my my next one is my first one (laughs) is um finish and it That's is Lucica Yoka Sopasa, which means... Sorry, that was an accident. That's all, It's all good. Lucica Yoka Sopasa is a spoon in every soup. A spoon in every soup. So it's like uh, nobody goes hungry. Nope. nope. That's not like what grandma says when you come over to her house? No. No. Let me give you an example. Like you, or you got like a you got a lot of you got like a lot of eggs a, a lot of eggs and a lot of baskets like you got a lot going on. There you go. Good work. 
Good work. Came through with a buzzer beater on that one. Yep. I don't know where yep. it came from. I just it came to me, everyone. That's My right. next one is Arabic. And it's Dokul El Hamam Mish say Korugo. And it literally do you know what it means by any chance? Nope. Do you know any of those words? No idea. Nope. Entering a bathroom isn't like leaving it. Entering a bathroom is not like leaving it. So it's like the grass is always greener on the other side? No. No. Hmm. But I obviously see where you're coming from. Speaking of which, the grass isn't always greener. Now that I have a lawn that I have to mow, I've been here for a week, and I'm like, grass grows fast. Yes, it does. <sighs> Get yourself anyway. a pack of llamas. Those graze on That's some a good sheep idea. or some goats. Oh, goats. Get some goats, dude. That'd be dope. That would be great for composting, too. Goats eat everything. You there know, you, go. you got some like leftover food or some tin cans. Just throw it out there for the goats to eat. <laughs> there you go. Entering uh, your bathroom isn't like leaving it. What? I don't know. What? Give me an example. So, um, you know, we are on our uh, hangover-style uh, bachelor party for Don, who's getting married in a, in a bit. And... Um, He's like, nah, come on, let's rent a Ferrari um, and get the uh, penthouse and just use the back elevator that's only for for mattresses. And um, and I'd be like, and, and we'd say, first we'd be saying, well, this is turning into a real horse fence post. But then after the Ferrari, then it's like, wow, we actually did get the Ferrari into the room. And then we wake up the next morning and we're like, how do we get this Ferrari out of this room? You know, if I actually wanted to use the oh, plot of the movie, I could have okay. mentioned, for example, a tiger in a bathroom. That right. would have been way better because that actually happened in the movie. <laughs> that's true. Hmm. So that's basically like it's a situation that's hard to get yourself out of. There you go. You've gotten yourself into it. Yeah. It's not easy getting out okay. of tricky situations. Okay. So I'm going to give you a Swedish one now. Okay, it is Allah Hons Hema, which means uh, you don't have all the hens at home. Dude, I'm not even going to lie. I was going to say something about being home. Yep, yep. Don't have all the hens at home. But you didn't give me a chance. Is that just saying you're crazy? Not having all. No. Or is that like um, you're like disorganized? You were closer earlier when you were talking about the eggs in the basket. Say the English literal phrase again. We're going to get don't, this, everyone. Don't have all the hens at home. Oh, is it like don't keep all your eggs in one basket? It's kind of like diversify your funds. <laughs> Unfortunately, actually, sorry, I misled you there. No, it is not. It actually mm. means uh, that Slip you it are on not gator piss. the brightest candle uh. in the candle box. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Don't have all of the hens at home. You're a little okay. crazy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. A little sense. crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have one more, and it's Welsh. Cool. Hergaflerga. I'm just kidding now. <laughs> uh, not that I was totally serious before. An angel on... <laughs> so, two things. One, I thought I got a different one. This is the one... I thought I got a different one that was in a different language. <laughs> I started reading this English untranslatable <laughs> as if it was about to be a different language. <laughs> and I was nice. like, an angel. And I was like, or, or an angel. An angel on the road, a devil in the fireplace. There is a uh, actual, a different language thing that I forgot to copy. Mm-hmm. But I still okay. gonna, I'm still going to do it anyway. Because let's be honest, I would have said it wrong anyway. So this is the literal translation. So it's where an angel. An angel on the road, a devil in the fireplace. 
Anangal and the Rarahood are the bill in the Piplaza. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, Mama hoo hoo. Can you give me give me an example? Um you know it's um some might say that um you know a lot of celebrities, especially older celebrities, are or some might say this, oh. Or you could just say Bill Cosby would be considered an angel on the road and a devil at the fireplace. Or um, so just a terrible, terrible person who you thought was a good person. There you go. All right. I mean, the judges are saying yes, but I'll give you a little bit more context to that one specifically. It means charming to outsiders, you know, or strangers or people that don't know you, but a devil in the home, two faced. So it's like mm-hmm. all the people that know you are like, this person is, is uh, the people that really know you are like, nah, I don't trust this person. He's not cool. But it's like, oh, this guy's great. And, you know, those are the people that don't really know you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like Chad telling me that I can no longer come, come over to his house. That's right. Not welcome around yeah. these parts. All right. I realize, Chad, I get it that I only brought over two gifts while you brought over, by the way, more than four. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I had like seven gifts in there. I still have them somewhere oh they're in the other room Ooh, you better not have lost them oh man my magnet's already on the fridge so Boom. there we go people in nice. your face <laughs> i got one i got one more for you jared okay it is swedish it is slang dig evagen which means get uh, out of the way something about getting out of the way in the wall that's exactly throw what themselves you were in the thinking, wall right? is throw it like themselves when you, in the like, wall is that like kind of like beating your head against the wall like you can't figure nope. something out nope you would if bouncing off the walls. This, I would energetic. say this. I would say this to you, Jared. If you try to come in this house, I would say throw yourself in the wall. Like take a second guess. Don't don't even try it. Don't yep, don't test kind me. of. You're getting closer. Um, we use a we use a, a bring English it. one with hiking. Take a hike. Boom. Get out um. of here. Get out of here. Take okay. a hike. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Anyway. Get out of here. Speaking of getting out of here, how do you get out of your way and plan a class, Chad? Objectives, my man. That's just what it is. So the reason why we decided to do this episode today is because we haven't done a uh, teacher's edition in a while, and I'm looking That's forward true. to nerding out about objectives today, which are... A very, very important, if not the driving force behind curriculum development and lesson planning, in my opinion. And the go-to, Jared, for all things objective planning is called no. Bloom's Taxonomy. Go for it. Sorry. You're good. Have you ever heard of Bloom's Taxonomy, Jared? No, but I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't done much lesson planning. Well, Jared, today you're going to learn some stuff, and we're going to work on writing some objectives for lessons and talking about how you can use some objectives for your own life as well. Uh, now, two but, questions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or maybe one, because I think I might have forgotten the second one. Since <laughs> you've been uh, on your little hiatus from teaching, do you miss mm-hmm. it? And not do you miss the students. Not do you miss Czech Republic. Do you miss working? Do you miss teaching? Do you miss going yep. to work? Yep, I do. I love being able to sleep in as long as I want and 
not having anywhere to be, but it'll be nice to get back in the swing of things again, start teaching. And uh, yeah, it just, to me, it gives my life a lot more structure mm-hmm. if I actually am working. I so I'm looking forward to that, you know. I've just been playing guitar and hanging out. It's been great, but it's pretty soon will be time to get back to work. That's for sure. Now, I remember my second question. Do you, when, when you're um, either while you're working or in a time like now where you're not working, just temporarily, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you uh, seek out, now you mentioned this one book. What was it called again? Bloom? The book you no, just no, mentioned? No, no, not the, the book, but just the the like framework you use for writing objectives is called Bloom's Taxonomy. Oh, I thought it was, sorry, I thought it was someone wrote a book, like Bloom wrote a book called Bloom's Taxonomy about writing this out. Anyway. It's a framework. You, I got It's you, not I a book, you. but a framework. Sorry, but yeah. A framework. You're good. Listen You're up. good. Uh, do you actively, whether it's in season or out of season teaching, uh, actively f- seek out documents, th- frameworks, ways of life, books that uh, help you, that teach you uh, different ways to teach or ways to improve your teaching skills? Absolutely. It's very, very important, I think, to read up on what is going uh, on. I'm so mad. I was really hoping that clock would go while we were actually doing them. I looked at the time and thought we would make it happen. Yeah, no. Nope, Sorry. Nope. Yeah, the untranslatable <laughs> Just reminding where you're at. here and going strong. But yeah. A guardian but, clock. That's right. But yeah, so for me, it's really important to read different books about methodology. I also really enjoy seeing what other teachers do in their classrooms. I have to say, man, YouTube is also a great teacher for a lot of things. Hmm. Um, I mean, that know? makes sense. It's not surprising mm-hmm. at all. Because then you can see how different activities and lesson plans can actually play out in real life, which is mm-hmm. which can be really useful to know. Then you know, Wait, you so know some problems. What are you watching things, on yeah? YouTube? You're not watching people explain stuff. Uh, just all sorts of different things, whether it be uh, activities or uh, demonstrations on how to do different things. Like one of my favorite things to do to teach pronunciation is what you call um, pronunciation trees uh, or uh, like similar pairs. And what it means is like you'll have two words like um, like sit and uh, – no, nope, I'm not going to use that one. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Why not? Like you could do like C's, C's and C-H's. <laughs> so like cat and chat. Oh, or, um, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But any, anyway, so so you use those pairs. But uh, yeah, so there's a lot of great ways to do that. And even when you are, um, you know, doing some research for your teaching or or for whatever, you for doing some research for your work, I mm-hmm. think it's really important to take a step back and reflect after you do some reading. Or also before you're reading, read with something in mind. Like what are the three main points of whatever I'm reading? Or what is... How can I apply this to my teaching or my real life? You know what I mean? Um, so it's important uh, to have objectives when you're doing just about anything. I'm not a productive reader. So not to say I'm not a good reader or I'm not even a relatively quick reader, but I'm not a productive reader. So I'm good with like, you know, fiction and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I struggle when it comes to, you know, more te- teachable books, you know, okay. and not, not like a story. Right. Yeah, you just have to take those in chunks, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't and read it like a a novel. No, it's not, not, a, you don't a, even not have to at consume all. it the same way like that. Right. And I would Find say what the appeals same, to you. Right. And I would say the same thing about Bloom's taxonomy is that um when you're when you're starting to implement this into your lesson plans, 
Um, it's really important, I would say, to it's very, very important to make sure you have a good look at it and you understand it because so there are different levels of this taxonomy. If, if you just Google Bloom's taxonomy, you'll see all sorts of different images, Jared, of either it laid out as like a triangle or as a, as a chart. You know, if you just Google it, there's tons and tons of different things. When did you first um, hear about Bloom's taxonomy? When I was in grad school for my TESOL degree. So is that like a... Do other schools... You know, you went to a, a good, reputable teaching mm-hmm. uh, institution. Right. Do other schools around the country um, teach this? I mean, I'm sure other schools teach the same principle, but are there... Uh, like com- not even competing. That's a weird way to put it. But like all- other principles as well that you could also teach in a reputable university? Of course. And there are different schools of thought on how language should be taught, how language is learned, all these things. But I would say that Bloom's Taxonomy, uh, it's been around triangle. since, yep, it's been around <laughs> since 1956. Now it has been revised and changed, which I think is important for any any framework you're using. Um, but the nice thing about it it's is It's not a that, science. Right. But it does, I think, help guide teachers. And I think you can honestly use some of it in your in your own life if you're independently learning languages. Mm. You can take a look at this and it can help you, um, you know, or if you are trying to, you know, just if you're trying to learn anything new, uh, you know, this whole taxonomy is based on how learners learn and how we can help them learn. And what's very important with objectives and teaching in general is also having the students be aware of the objectives. And these these types of objectives are usually, not usually, they should be listed on a syllabus. The teacher should be, you know, being very transparent with what the students should be able to do at the end of the lessons. Now, can you go through the six levels of Bloom's taxonomy real quick? Mm-hmm. Sure. So you have uh, remember, understand, and I'll list some of the... At the base. Remember is at the base of the triangle. What? Just at the base. Yeah. I feel like that's important yeah. to mention. Yeah, We're starting re- from the bottom and going up. That's right. Um, so remember, understand, then apply, analyze, evaluate, and create. And and I will say this. In terms of language learning, um, the remembering is very, very critical, as well as the... I mean, these are all important, but really the create phase and the evaluate, these are going to be used, I would say, further down the line when you have when your students or you as an independent language learner have really come fairly far. Because in the very beginning, you're not going to be good enough to, you know, produce... Like, if I ask you to make a commercial right now in Spanish, Jared, you just don't have the vocabulary yet. You will. <laughs> or maybe there's a, a just a couple words in there. But, mm. um, I mean, it'd be the same with me in Czech. I couldn't do a commercial in Czech. Are you kidding me? Right. Unless right. they were just at a bar and they said, yes, they no, like one more beer, yeah. and that was I a mean, commercial. That could easily be a Pilsner commercial. Okay, let me rephrase. <laughs> you and I couldn't write a comic. <laughs> I couldn't write it in Czech or you couldn't in Spanish, right? And that That's, would be yeah, like the no, producing. What uh, part of this triangle, these six stages, do you think you struggle with the most? To teach or as a learner? Just to, I mean, apply to your, like, apply to yourself. Like, is there one that's harder than the other? Or it's just like, or maybe there's not one that's harder than the other for you specifically. And you're like, no, it's this setup is so perfect that once I hit the next step, it, well, it, it's clear on how to tackle it. It depends. Or it's like, I'm terrible at remembering basic facts, even though I know I know them. Right. 
Well, it, it really depends on what you're teaching for and what the classes objectives are, right? So if the if you're teaching a, a composition class, then I would say, you know, maybe some of these on more towards the analyze, evaluate, and create, you know, the top of the triangle are probably going to be more commonly used objectives than, you know, re recognizing or recalling, right? Just because it's the nature of the course. But if I'm doing a speaking and listening class, I'm going to need them to do a lot of remembering and a lot of understanding and a lot of applying, you know, unless you oh, are so teaching these more... steps are what the students are supposed to do. Ideally, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought would I thought see now that's my bad. I thought they were what you were supposed to do, like apply in order to properly set out ob objectives. These are the objectives for the students. Mm -hmm. You that you have for the students. Exactly. For for example, okay, if we see, wanted to do that's me slipping on gator piss. It's all I good. Have, I just feel like I might have confused people. Right. No. Yeah. So basically, these are all objectives that you want to think of the students in mind. Basically. You could, you could think of this little mantra in your head, uh, students will be able to blah, 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 right? So students will be able to recognize, I don't know, recognize verb tense in, uh, you know, the English language, or that's probably too broad. Maybe recognize, I don't know, present perfect in English writing or speech, right? Something like that. Yeah. Or students um, should be able to Recall Apply their language skills to uh, real-world situations. Yeah, that would be a good one. That's a very good one. Parada. That's great, Jared. <laughs> All right, let's, let's come up with a couple more objectives. And I will say this, though, and this will help you as well as our listeners. A lot of teachers, and I've made this mistake too, will you, basically objectives are not activities, right? So if I said students will be able to play a game... Um, play a game to review vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. Could be whatever type of game. Really what it should be is student will be able to uh, quickly uh, well, re oh, remember or recall mm -hmm. um, vocabulary. Vocabulary words. Exactly. And the Perfect. game is a way to quickly recall vocabulary words. Correct. Very good. You, you got this a lot better than when I was in grad school, that's for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, so, so that would be the first stage, remember, right? And then you have uh -huh. understand is the next stage up. So interpreting, so either clarifying, paraphrasing, uh, representing, translating. I'm not a huge fan of translating unless they're, like, very, very big beginners. Yeah, you really and do not they, like that. We've had this conversation. Right. And, and I th the only time I really use translating is when my students really emphasize that oh yeah we need to translate this i think if they think it's conductive for their learning maybe it will help them a little bit at least it gives them less anxiety and peace of mind i but, personally though as a teacher don't condone just translating everything back into your native language but you also do kind of have to be able to like a good trainer almost be able to tell mm -hmm. are they really tired or are they just uh, giving up because it's the easy way out right Right. And like, have we really, have I really exhausted all ways of explaining this? Or they really not get it? Or do they really need this English term? Or is it just, oh, then I can quickly remember what it is instead of actually being able to, how you prefer to learn them is more organically and not just being recalled it and then being able to translate it directly back to your language immediately and then you right. move on. Right. Exactly. Because if we're really trying to go for 
becoming fluent and proficient in another language, you can't constantly be translating back and forth in your head. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's too time consuming. You won't have fun conversations. Trust me, I have been there. It's not great. My check is still at that level. Um, now, so yeah. remember the remember stages is the very, the very base. Yep. That's what we complain about so much in language classes is that mm-hmm. it just seems like a lot of remember. Uh, right. and like, just remember these grammar rules. And that's it. There's no sure. really understanding why you do them because you don't, never put them into context by applying them, for example. Right. Or anal- Well, you do a lot of an- analysis, I think. At least in my high school German courses, there was definitely a lot of analysis. Um, yeah, but I feel like people don't really understand what they're analyzing, especially language-wise right. like that, until it's been applied. I agree. Like, these are all just sort of like arbitrary rules until you actually understand how they're applied in real life. Right. A hundred percent. And I think, I think that even goes for if you want to apply these um, objectives outside of the classroom as well um, into your own life. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you want to, if you want to do something, you can use these to kind of guide you and maybe save some time. And when you really know what your clear cut goal is, I think it's a lot easier to reach that goal. You know, you're not just kind of yeah. floating around. Yeah, I feel I feel that way too. Even something as simple as my piano, which is right next to me. Um, oh, you can actually see it. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize this 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 picture right here by any chance? I oh, do. Oh no, you wouldn't. Oh, you do? Yeah, I remember. I said that I remember. Well, no one that listens does because at first I I forgot that it wasn't behind me. It was actually on the wall in front of me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. my piano is right there. Theoretically, I have the time, but I just haven't been practicing. One, granted, I've been move. I've you know I've been moving on all that stuff. You've been busy. But two, it's, and this is something that also almost kind of bothers me about my piano playing is without like the um, consistency of a teacher, I, I can't do like you and just sit down and play for hours, you know. Right. But I want that. I really want that. You'll get and there. a little part of me hopes that it'll come, you know, when, once you become, uh, once I become like more proficient, and it's easier for me to create stuff that I'm actually interested in. Mm-hmm. But that's just a hope. I don't know. Did you, you play all the time when you were terrible too? Or did, did it ever take like, did you ever have to be like, ah, I got to practice this thing? I think it was really once I started oh, playing man. music You're with about other people. no. <laughs> it was when I started playing music with a lot of other people. It's when okay. I started to play more and more and more. Once again, this brings us back to where we, where we were. When I was just playing by myself, I was kind of like, well, you know, I could noodle around for a bit, which won't mm-hmm. really help you improve. Or at least to some extent, or I could actually practice and learn stuff and work on my technique. And that was really when I started playing with bands when I was Mm -hmm. about 16 or 17. Um, And that really changed things as well. But it gave me that, that show was the objective, you know, will Chad be able to play through this set without a ton of mistakes and looking like a dork on stage. And I feel fairly confident to say we were usually all right. Yeah, and I think, I mean, those are different ways of learning, which go to the, uh, you know, I think the way that I'm used to with just a you know, more structured teacher kind of thing mm-hmm. helps with the remember, understand, analyze, evaluate, but it doesn't help with the, uh, actually, I don't even, I'd say partially with the understanding, because I don't think you fully okay. can understand it until, uh, you know, you you're, apply you're it. applying it, yeah. And then obviously create is much easier in your style of, of than mine of just singing. Like even though she tries to get me to like, you know, do these little compositions, it's not the same of being in a, being in a situation where um, 
uh, you're freer to just mess around and not follow mm-hmm. something. Right. And once you kind of get used to the fact that you're going to make a mistake every now and again, you don't get caught up on that. Exactly. Sometimes, though, no structure can be freeing. Other times, it can be almost limiting. It's really weird how yeah. that works. And that's I think it's freeing thing. right now for me, but I still look forward to ha- ha- like going back to that structure. Right. And that's why I think objectives are so important, especially for younger teachers, because the, the more I teach... I always have an, ob- an objective in mind, but I maybe don't write it down. I used to write all my lesson plans, right? Mm. And I was teaching 25 or more lessons in the Czech Republic. It would have just been too time-consuming for me to write out every lesson I gave because there were different, you know, I was asked different things from different teachers, sometimes had completely different lesson plans. But usually... And they changed it at the last minute you mentioned with A couple David. times, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so... But a lot of those, you know, is in the beginning, I actually have a couple objectives I try to hit each class. One of them, I always try to review with my students what we did in the previous lesson. And you can do that a bajillion different ways. You know, um, have them brainstorm vocab is one that I would do. Have them, um, you know, you could do like a picture association where you have a bunch of pictures related to vocab words from the last lesson. Then they should talk about, oh, we think this picture represents this vocabulary word, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of options for that. So that would be the remember part, right? So that would be number one. Number two would be understand. So maybe I give them some true-false sentences or some things where I have to see, okay, do they comprehend this? Mm. Are they understanding all the vocabulary and the meaning? Um, And so that's really important. And the other, I would say the, if there was one thing that I would want any teachers listening to this right now, Jared, to take out of the episode would be your objectives have to be measurable. If you just say, I want my students to know about, I don't know, the animal kingdom, right? Why, well, can you really measure how much someone knows? I mean, it's not the same as saying, well, I want, you know, I want to see them organize, you know, the animal kingdom by, you know, different types of animals or, yeah, you know, when I when I um worked on my last job, that by the way, just to be clear, I really enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> I um for like I'd say two years of the four years that I was there, I didn't have like um any clear cut goals or objectives. You know uh-huh. that you know usually at companies like big companies, they give you you have to have like a list of you know three to four uh, goals that you have to reach. Uh, or like objectives that you, I had objectives, I guess, but I didn't have like goal, like targets that I had to reach like this many of this or this many sales or, you know, something that was hard like that. And for the first year, it was kind of nice because it's like, I mean, we have like ones based off of our department. And so if our department does well, then, then I do well too. But also it kind of like, so it was kind of nice to not have the pressure of that on. Mm-hmm. But then after like the first year, you know, it kind of, you kind of made you feel like you were just, or made me feel like I had no really direction of what I was doing. What I was doing, it kind of makes you feel like dangerous. what you're doing is, is a little less important because it's sure. like, it's clearly it's not that important to follow my see the um, goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it kind of, you kind of lose direction and just what you're even you know what your point is and i'm not saying get to the point where i was like i need to get out of here i hate this but just in general you're like well what are you like looking for and i think right. it's the same thing with teaching a class it's like knowing mm-hmm. what it is you're looking for from the students absolutely absolutely and so now jared i want you to write these categories down for me and i'm going to read you some of these usually i have a pen and paper in front of me but in my new setup i don't oh, but i have no. a phone you i got have a your phone. phone perfect okay 
So the six categories are remember, understand. Oh, I ha- that's what I'm writing down? Yeah. Remember, understand, apply, oh, analyze. I have them. I have them. Do you have? Okay. Okay. But you can keep going just for everyone else. So Okay. So the stages, again, are remember, understand, apply, analyze, evaluate, and create. So, Jared, yeah. I'm going to read off some of these verbs that you should be using to write an adjective. Mm. And I want you to tell me what category Classic it belongs association. in. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So um, comparing, where would comparing fall? Remember, understand, apply, analyze, evaluate, or create. Understand. Understand. Very or evaluate. Oh, Very shit. good. Very good. I got nervous when there Always was the Always go with your gut, Jared. Always go with your gut. Good work. <laughs> the next one, recognizing. Remember, understand, apply, analyze, evaluate, or create. Analyze. Nope. Recognizing Uh, is under the remember. Oh, it is? Remember, yes. Mm. Recognizing. So that would be like if you... (laughs) Kill me now. If you gave the students a word (laughs) list and they had to recognize any new words that you know, they uh, learn in class, something like this. So okay, recognizing is pretty low because it's like, just because you recognize it doesn't mean you actually understand it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, next one would be organizing. Does this fall under remember, understand, apply, analyze, evaluate, or create? Organizing. I would say remember. Nope. I would say, all right, give me a second chance. Yep, yep. I'll give you three chances. Analyze. Very good. Very good. Okay. Next, Jared, attributing. Applying. Analyze. Really? I thought attribute was just another word for apply. <laughs> I guess not. I'm, I'm not really sure. Maybe it means like attributing, you know, facts Some, from right. other, I, I don't know. I kind of um, get it, actually. Yeah. Good. How about checking? Evaluate. Very good. Now, that's just another word for evaluate. That's just a fancier yeah. word for evaluate. That's true. <laughs> I mean, in a way, a lo- that's how a lot of these are. That's right? true. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of this stuff in the corporate world, too. I get right. it. Right. But the thing about it is, that's the thing I hate about some of those um, trainings and stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just like, all right, who's picking up a random uh, USB drive off the floor and just putting it into the work computer? You put that right. into your old computer because you got to know what's on it. But right. um, some of it just seems like obvious. But then some of some of it is just like, yeah, this is stuff I have to remind myself that I need to do better as a person that can be on both sides of that. Like, especially oh, as someone sure. that's no longer just a student, but it's in the real working world. Even mm-hmm. you that still has colleagues, right. like we can apply both sides of this. Absolutely. For sure. The teacher 100%. is never, is the teacher is always the student. Definitely. And I, I learn new stuff all the time on a daily basis, as we all should be. We all really need to be lifelong learners but i'm gonna get off my soapbox jared and you may be wondering well why why even bother using bloom's taxonomy and i can give you three kind of multifaceted reasons one of them is that objectives or learning goals are critical in establishing a gonna use some fancy words here jared uh, are important to establish in a pedagogical interchange um, in which teachers and students both understand the purpose of that uh, pedagogical interchange. Basically, long story short, you want the students to understand what do they need to accomplish in this class, right? Mm-hmm. Then when you organize objectives, it also helps clarify um, for the teacher and for the students, you know, what you need to 
This is basically just what do you need to accomplish and and how are we going to get there in, in a more compartmentalized view, a smaller view, right? Then we have, um, you know, basically just having these objectives really aids in teachers' abilities to plan and deliver appropriate instruction, design valid assessment, right? Because I mentioned that objectives need to be measurable. If you can't measure them, there's really no reason in using them, right? Mm -hmm. Because how can you assess the students? How can you make sure that they've been learning and doing Mm -hmm. what they need to do? Is that difficult for someone like you that teaches in a classroom that's not like data-based, that's not science or math or something like that, like an, an answer? It, it depends. I mean, there is an answer, but if, you know if, what I mean. If it's a speaking and listening class, it's fairly easy. Did they understand right. the listening passage? True. Yeah, can do they, they know what I'm saying they, to them right now? Right. right. <laughs> can they use these vocabulary words like I taught them at the beginning of the week? That's and true. not to toot my own horn, but most of the mm. time, um, I have been pleased with the students reaching our objectives. Which well, is you know good. what, Chad? What? I'll toot your horn for you. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. So, I think Bloom's taxonomy is an important first step when thinking of objectives and like we mentioned earlier as well try to make sure what what are your goals not not what are the things you're doing to achieve those goals right because those in the teaching world would be activities in the real world these would just be steps towards reaching your objective right so if you say i don't know i want to maybe my my goal is to I don't know, re- rebuild a car, right? I don't know anything about cars. Jared could probably right. help me out a ton with this. But, you know, probably one of the first objectives I would have would be, you know, starting with the remember part. Like, okay, what are all the parts that I need to know that I will need to repair this car? And you just kind of go up mm-hmm. as, as the list continues. And just try to remember, though, that they, they need to be measurable. Obviously, in, in the real world, it's kind of a you can do it or you can't do it. It's a fairly easy way to measure it. Right. In the teaching now, world, it's a little more abstract. Do you do this lesson plan, less from like lesson plan to lesson plan, or is this like a sort of like an overarching goal for the semester or year or whatever? So, so you've got both. You've got your curriculum objectives, right? So, by the end of the semester, students, mm. you know, I'm trying to make one that doesn't sound like an activity, but like by the end of the semester, students will be able to do recall, precalculus. Sure, recall or apply all of the vocabulary in chapters one Mm -hmm. through 10, right? Stuff like that. So it's definitely... I'm closing my blinds. They're open and it's dark out and I feel creeped on. (laughs) You're good. Um, So yeah, so I try to think of... Usually the overarching curriculum objectives are already outlined in the syllabus and then you use the lesson objectives to reach those overarching objectives. Now I have... I used to have teacher friends back in the day and say there were five of them mm-hmm. 4.98 of them hated making uh granted they're elementary slash middle school teachers mm-hmm. hated making uh lesson plans and almost always waited until the last minute can you relate to that sure i mean i've i've done that before because you know sometimes you just have to um but it's it's i don't enjoy lesson planning but i do enjoy kind of trying to visualize and imagine how, how the lesson go will down. go. Right. Especially if I have some fun games in mind, um, you know, that will help me reach my objectives, whether that's, you know, students will apply, um, you know, whatever the vocab is or anything like this. So, so yeah. So, I think the nice thing is objectives usually help me really 
kind of speeds up my lesson plans, if you will, because you already know what your goal is, right? So if you want mm-hmm. students, you know, if create is something, right? Maybe you want students to create a, like a, I don't know, a short commercial um, about maybe the topic is, I don't know, like stuff at home. So you want the students to make like a commercial selling furniture, right? So your objective would be create, um, you know, students will be able to create, um, you know, really create any type of presentation uh, showing their skills with the vocabulary related to, I don't know, furniture, right? Mm-hmm. And so then they do that. And then you, you know, then you would have your rubric to grade them based on, you know, were, were these objectives within the presentation reached, right? Did they now, speak? I, speaking yeah, of ahead. objectives and stuff, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Do you make syllabuses? A syllabi? Uh, a, a syllabi, yeah. wow. A syllabus, sorry. Slipping on gator piss. Um, and you call yourself a teacher? I know, okay. right? Um, yeah, I've had, to, I've had to write a couple of different uh, syllabi. Mm-hmm. You, keep those, uh, you keep those things in mind, those bloom? Of course. All right. Do you Absolutely. actually, though? Do you actually? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I yeah. believe you. I believe you. you. You didn't seem too convinced, but yeah. Now, I would, I would say that the fact that you're a teacher makes you a good podcaster you're good at explaining things you're good at uh communicating i try and and, and into a you know like into a microphone and talking essentially into an abyss also (laughs) (laughs) sometimes um has podcasting improved your ability to maybe more on a day-to-day basis or even more on a large longer scale basis like improved your ability to stay to objectives or to focus objectives you can say no, by the way. You're welcome to say no. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes and no. Um, okay. I would say that I guess it's just different. I don't, I, I do this podcast because I enjoy it with you and I feel like we are trying to bring content to people that uh, they'll enjoy. Really? I'm we'll, trying to we'll, get rich. We'll be helpful. That's right. That's all right. You can get rich. It'll be like in the... In the all right. This uh, is recorded, by the way. Everyone heard that. It'll be <laughs> like the Documentary rich. Now, uh, <laughs> documentary now uh, episode where they have the guys do the Blue Jean Committee. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. Oh, it is so funny. But one of them gets rich and one of them is just happy to be there. So I guess I'm the is one that's happy to be the... here. Jared's the one getting rich. But anyways, so... You betcha. Um yeah, back to your question though. I would say the <laughs> the thing is is that I don't I have different objectives in mind with this podcast than with my teaching, right? Mm. Because they're two they're two in a way they're similar but they're also different. Because right. our general audience for the podcast is way different than my students. You know, my yeah, students I, I think have maybe to I'm learn things more, for exams and stuff. We don't maybe have Maybe I'm thinking more mechanically in the sense that like you're naturally going to be a better speaker, I think, because you're used to having to sort of facilitate not that we're doing a class here but you kind of or have to stay struck struck <laughs> it's a subtle <laughs> class uh you're but you're being like you have to structure like we kind of structure this essentially like a class where there are different sort of things we have to hit sure and uh, i was just i don't know maybe it helped you stay on topic more maybe it helped yeah. you sort of consider I've, different ways of communicating or, or ways of you know teaching something i've thought of using a trello board in my teaching Actually, not even kidding. Trello, for those of you who are listening, it's like the way Jared and I kind of keep on tabs of what segments right. we're doing. And uh, 
shout out to BVP. That was a podcast I worked on a few years ago, and they they use Trello, and so that's how I found out about it. Okay, but, but yeah, not to and, brag, but I actually I haven't had my Trello open this entire episode. We're just that good, everyone. Ooh, all right. Well, it keeps it keeps me uh, in sync with everything. So yeah, but I think it's the same with lesson planning. You know, you got to be. I and and I have definitely cut different activities when I've realized okay. This activity, mm-hmm. I had it in there because it would maybe be a, like a fun filler or whatever. But if time's getting a little tight and I'm like, well, that activity doesn't 100% align with our objectives for today, I might cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the nice thing is once you have taught lessons and you're really thinking of the objectives, it becomes so much easier to also, as I mentioned earlier, just create lesson plans. Yeah. And I think the more... Like, the good thing about something like this, for example, when I was interviewing uh, for jobs, one of the companies I interviewed for, they told me this company uses the STAR method of interviewing, which is like situation. Why did I do this to myself? Situation, <laughs> task, action, result. Yep. So it's like, you know, what was the Boom, situation? Uh, what were the tasks that she set up to solve the situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, how did the, like, what was the process of implementing those tasks and what was the result of those tasks? And so um, they use this to, to, you know, one, to make sure that people can follow directions because they tell you beforehand that they're going to use this. But two, it's a quick, it's an efficient way to get to the point and not dilly-dally around answers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I did a lot of practicing for for interviews and jobs because I was unemployed. Um, And uh, the, the good thing about using that tactic was one this was one of the earlier interviews i had and so my thought was not only um not only does this help prepare me for this interview but this is a like this system makes me essentially know exactly what questions could be asked so maybe they might Mm -hmm. ask ask it differently but i need like seven answers down to be able to answer like 20 questions essentially sure and so um you know, for the first time, you know, as I was doing it, I had to remind myself, all right, don't say this like you're a robot that's been programmed to only answer star style interview questions. The mm-hmm. situation that I found myself in was where I was doing this. And I thought, hmm, what would be some good tasks to solve this? <laughs> and right. so like, that's how you kind of start. But then after a while, it just like just answering or answering something in that process just becomes second nature without having mm-hmm. to think about, all right, this means do this. This means do that. And much like teaching, one, it keeps you focused on what you're actually doing, and it kind of cuts out all of the fat, unlike I'm doing right now, by explaining it. Yeah, for sure. And what I'd like to do, Jared, is just give you and the listeners out there a few more examples of some of these different um, types of uh, objectives you can use through Bloom's Taxonomy. So if we go to remember, we have here are just a few examples, right? Uh, students will be able to list primary and secondary colors right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, students, that's right. Or students will be able to recognize if you're teaching like a class at med school, students will be able to recognize symptoms of exhaustion, right? Mm. Or students Except they can't recognize it themselves because doctors are some of the most overworked people out there. That's, that's true. That's, that's a side note. Next up, we have recall, <laughs> which would be students uh, will be able to recall how to once again, med school example, recall how to perform CPR right? Mm. And recall usually just means they, in a way, kind of repeat something, right? It's not not 100% them independently producing everything, they're repeating things. So Uh, it's like like the physical aspect of remembering. 
It's like right. you have the muscle memory, mm-hmm. but you might not be able to know the proper situation to apply that or right. what happens Correct. if this happens, how do you, you know, respond to that? You just know like, well, this is something you do. Like, exactly. for example, I started a new job and someone showed me like how to get to one of the systems we use and essentially how to use it. But in my head, I'm also trying to remember, all right, what are the situations that I'm going to find myself in? where I'm going to have to pull this up and use this? Like, what are the situations that make me even have to be able to apply this skill that I have? Right. Yeah. And that, I think, is almost harder than being able to figure out, especially when it's coming to, like, technology and how to use something on a computer. For the most part, if you, if you get a basic training, you know, anyone our age can almost figure that stuff out. Right. But I might not know the proper sort of thing I'm trying to show in order, like, what I'm, what, why am I using this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, another one for understand, then the next category would be like, for example, students will be able to summarize features of a new product or summarize, uh, you know, summarize word, summarize a story using past tense verbs, for example, right? Or you I feel have like stu- you're going to sell me like uh, Amway or like some sort of me- medicine after this presentation. That's is the over. plan. Yep, and I say all this to explain that you can start... For a small, for a nominal starting fee, gotta you get Jared involved in my pyramid scheme. That's right. <laughs> Next <laughs> up, we have clarify marketing. Sorry, uh, go ahead. You're good. And clarify would be, you know, if there's any, any, basically being able to explain something. Can you mm-hmm. explain something or not? And I think that's really when you start to understand things. You know, they say that the student really only becomes a true teacher or really understands the information as a student once they have to reteach it, mm. which makes sense. Then for apply would be like, uh, you know, respond to questions in English based on this or, uh, you know, use, you know, yeah, apply, use. You know, basically this is when, this is at least in terms of me as a speaking and listening teacher, that it gets more to the difficult areas of having students start to apply things in terms of producing things on their own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, then we have, let's see here, apply, then we have analyze. So you could have students differentiate, right? If you're doing a speaking and listening class, you 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 know would play a listening example and they would have to differentiate between, you know, what, you know, it could be a multiple choice question based on the listening or whatever, have to differentiate things, right? Or deconstruct where you would, give students a listening and then they have to maybe try to write down what they hear and really kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. My teacher used to, I don't remember exactly why, but she used to play a note and then play a note somewhere higher or lower. Yep. And I had to guess which, uh, like what the interval was. Yeah, relative pitch. That's great. Oh, man, that was... It's difficult. That stressed me out. It's difficult, but that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, that's awesome. Next up, we have evaluate. That sounds like what you're talking about. Is was I right to bring that up there? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure I wasn't bringing that up out of nowhere for no reason. No, like, you're okay, good. Thanks. We talked you're, about that 20 minutes ago. You're good. <laughs> then we have evaluate. So students will be able to determine, you know, is this is this good or bad? Right. You know, you play them a listening. Uh, was this was this good or bad, and why? right? Mm-hmm. Um, or reflect on the listing. You know, what did you learn about it? What were some new words? Being able to evaluate and make judgments based on criteria and standards is really important as students progress as language learners. Then lastly, we have create. You and know, create, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Let me say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Create is number one. And uh, but, but right below that is evaluating. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I think about music, movies, 
art of any kind mm-hmm. art of any kind you know the people that can't create it are are the evaluators yeah it's two very different skills i would say mm-hmm. creating and evaluating yeah you're very right sorry that's just you're random. good and so creating would be like design you know design a powerpoint or design like an elevator pitch for something or you know basically anything that you are or students are putting elements together to form a more coherent whole is really Mm -hmm. when you're creating, right? So it could be, and creating, I would say, is used a lot, obviously, in writing classes, if we're talking about language learning here. But you can also do a lot of creation from uh, speaking as well, which Mm -hmm. is really nice. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so these, these different aspects of Bloom's taxonomy are very important to keep in mind, but are very helpful in guiding teachers on their way to creating uh, quicker lessons and hopefully also more meaningful and purposeful lessons as well. And I like to think that I did an okay job of showing that like, there's still things that I can apply to not just work, but life too. Oh, for sure. And I'm, I have nothing to do with, I'm not a teacher by any means. Absolutely. Uh, you, you are on this podcast though, Jared, that's for sure. Oh, but, uh, wow. Thank you. But yeah, Mama hoo-hoo. I would agree. I mean, I think objectives are important to have in teaching and in life as well. And so keep that in mind. You know, what is your purpose? What do you really want to accomplish? Because I think asking yourself sometimes these bigger, more difficult questions to answer will help you out so much in your journey to uh, achieving whatever you're trying to achieve. You betcha. I agree. Let's and talk you, music. Let's do it. So did I cut you off there for a second? Just a little bit, but that's okay. Let's talk music, Jared. So, I honestly, you know, Chad just said it too. I wasn't, I mean, I ha- I wasn't following the trail. <laughs> that's true. This is how we avoid these things. This is how you're sticking to the objectives of that's the podcast. All right, though. That is all right. So our song of the pod today, Jared found it. And what, can you give us the title and the name of the song? Sure, 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 sure. I found it. One, shout out to my sister. I mentioned that I'm trying to learn Spanish and I'm, I'm taking the more active approach. Granted, I haven't watched that show since just because I'm so bad at watching TV shows. I'm bad at keeping up with shows. I'm bad at starting new shows. Uh, this is I was just unemployed. Anyway, um, so I was telling my sister that I was trying to learn more. And that show that I talked about a couple episodes, Falsa Identidad, Falsa Identidad. was a show that my sister and I watched together for the first time when I, last, when I was in Michigan last in the hotel, Holiday Inn Express. Mm-hmm. Um, Good times. And so I was telling her I was trying to learn Spanish, and so she hit me up with some sp- songs that she, uh, that she likes uh, that are not in English, and one of them was by Anna Tijou. Tijou? Tijou? Sure, well, Tijou. She is uh, Chilean and French. Mm-hmm. And the song is called Antipatriarca. Triarca? Antipat... Oh, I get it now. Antipatriarch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Antipatriarca. Oh, yep. yeah. Okay. I see that now. That's mm-hmm. so, so hilarious. That makes so, makes so much sense. You know what's funny? I don't think my sister sent... Oh, by the way. So, Ana Tijou, or Tijou, speaking of... Uh, is She is a... Um, I'd say a hip hop singer. She speaks Spanish, obviously. Mm-hmm. Maybe French too. I don't know. This the songs I heard from her, which are more than just this one, but I like this one, mm-hmm. are um, in Spanish. And now I only knew words here and there. But what I also liked about the song, and I wonder if this is a common 
thing among a lot of Spanish-speaking hip-hop is I felt like this was a great way to learn the language. Like, just listening to it, I'm like, oh, like, I could definitely use this to learn the language. Oh, Do you understand what I'm saying by yeah. how, when oh, I say that? It's very like, repetitive. Absolutely. She's not, it's not overly fast either, right. per, per se, but it's good. I like it a lot, too. Absolutely. And it's something also, that's another reason why I think it's good, because it seemed... Like like the words was nothing. The words were nothing complicated. But then there's also something that was I enjoyed listening to, and something that was, I think even as someone that doesn't understand Spanish, but he gets it in a like at least how it kind of supposed to sound. You could at least sort of enjoy it enough to sing along to it, even if you didn't know all the words. I think it's definitely possible. Sure, and the message is great. I mean, it yeah. basically advocates for women's independence and freedom which i am 100 percent behind we obviously here are not yeah uh-huh absolutely i cannot <laughs> this message is absolutely that was a joke fantastic. everyone this on my part i was <laughs> yeah you speak for yourself jared yeah uh, i don't want you to just blow by that and act like i didn't just say that i, um, I didn't actually hear you but uh oh, oh i said which for us is not i was gonna say not a big deal but uh anyway but the cor- the chorus is fantastic um, yes. I have the English translation up. Oh, good, good. So I'm going to read it. Please. It is, let's see here. Chorus is not submissive nor obedient, strong rebel woman, independent and brave, breaking the chains of indifference, not passive nor oppressed, beautiful woman you give life, emancipated in autonomy, anti-patriarch and happiness, liberate. So yeah, Bars. so it's, it's a strong song, but it has a great message. Mm-hmm. And I really think that... Uh, we men out there definitely need to do a better job uh, respecting women and giving them the autonomy they deserve as well. You betcha. So it's fantastic. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Antipatriarca, my Spanish is terrible, sorry, by Anna Tijoux. <laughs> Check worse. it out on our Twitter, Untranslatable1, uh, and also our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Pleasure. And, uh, and ladies, we hope the song also empowers all of you out there, and men as well. It's just mm-hmm. an absolutely fantastic song. give us five-star reviews. I'm just that, kidding. <laughs> that's right. But since I brought so up. speaking of Spanish, though, Jared, I'm mm-hmm. curious to hear what your Spanish word of the pot is for today. Now, I'm sure you know this one. So I'm going to use it in a phrase first. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make it a, potentially a little bit more difficult for you. Voy a la escuela. Let's go to school. I go to school, but yeah. I said uh, voy, okay. which would be uh, the I. But yeah, the word was escuela. La escuela, that's a word I learned a while ago. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't really need translator, but obviously I used it on full transparency. I did use it, yep. but I didn't need it. I didn't need it. And uh, that seemed very fitting because you took me to La Escuela today uh, learning about objectives and myself. I'm not going to lie. Good. And I hope mm-hmm. our listeners can vibe with that as well, Jared. That's for sure. Yeah, well, me too. Well, Jared, I think it's time for a few gyuses and on a light note because this has been a bit of a headier episode i would say so so jared for all of our students listening out there what's the best way to get straight A's? cheat don't listen to jared and use a <laughs> ruler oh <laughs> your a's aren't okay. gonna be straight if you're not using a ruler jared that's true by the way mm-hmm. i learned that this is a sign of someone that's either very creative or smart one of the two or neither or an idiot but like when i was a kid <laughs> I really struggled with writing in a straight line on paper without like a college without a line. Yeah, me like, too. I really struggle with that, but I heard it's a sign of creativity. There but I think go, maybe Jared. that's just my parents make, trying to make me feel better. All right, give me could, another it could one. Could be, you never know. I can't uh, imagine they would try to. How make me feel how better. did the music teacher get locked in the classroom? 
Uh, how's that? His keys were inside the piano. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. left his <laughs> keys on the saxophone. What do elves learn in school, Jared? Slave labor. Uh, the alphabet, but you're also <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't be ruined christmas for all these people out here jared come on out, yeah jared. spoiler alert for all the children that listen right and the last one santa's we'll real it. he just uses slave labor that's right uh the last one for you is why did the music teacher need a ladder uh oh that's easy why is that to hit the high notes there you go to good reach work, the high jared. notes good work this is why keep you around as a co-host jared and <laughs> to ruin your great guy in general exactly that's right <laughs> Well, Jared, it's time for a quote of the pod today. Mm-hmm. And I think in teaching and in life, you have to have objectives. You have to have a purpose, a goal, an endpoint you want to reach and use it to help shape your lessons, shape your semesters, shape your years, and make the most out of it. Now, and that I agree with you. And that's why I, I also like this episode as someone that's not a teacher is because I wanted to see how applicable this was to real life. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Are you someone that tends to make uh, New Year's resolutions? Not really. No, yeah, me neither. Goals? Really. Do you have goals? By yeah, this year, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just curious. Yeah, I, have a, I have a couple. Yeah, I have a couple goals. Some financial I, ones, some mm-hmm. guitar ones, some teaching ones. Absolutely. Because I, I, that, that, my goal was to show that this stuff could be applied to anything in life. And I think I did a good job of that. Yeah. You betcha. My soundboard says I I did. I think they're definitely, definitely. I think these are great. uh, Objectives are just, they're great whenever you want to really, I think, accomplish something. You know, if Mm -hmm. you, if you're sick of just kind of floating around in life, try to come up with some good goals or objectives. And if you are having, you know, difficulties, if you're a teacher planning your lessons, Bloom's Taxonomy is a great, great, great tool to help plan your lessons and your your semesters, your curricula, on and on and on. Untranslatable approved. Absolutely. So now, check if that I had, out. If I had notes in front of me, I'd tell myself, write down to post a picture of the Bloom's Taxonomy um, uh, triangle to post online. But I also said that because I'll hear this and I'll do it. So check that out on Twitter. There you go, Not everybody. Instagram. It doesn't fit Instagram. Our Instagram has an aesthetic to it, people. That's, that is true. That is true. <laughs> we don't Very do pictures on from the, the internet. That's right. Well, we hope this episode has been a helpful one for you, and you can use these objectives in your lessons or in your real life. You Be betcha. Fantastic. Let us know if you were able to use any of these objectives in your teaching or in your everyday life at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Slide into Jared's DMs on Twitter, Untranslatable1, to check out our Song of the Pods and Jared's charming and uh, charming wittiness, I guess is the way you would say that. That's right. Some finger guns for you, buddy. Also, please do not forget five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know what we can do to make this podcast better for you. We would really appreciate it. So without further ado, we thank you all so much for tuning in and all your support. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast... Cuídame a muchas gracias. <laughs>